I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David. This is your new episode of Base Layer, and this is going to be a really interesting one, people. So get your headphones on, whatever you do to listen to podcasts. I have Fuck Render with me today. Fuck Render is one of the more accomplished and notoriety-based uh, NFT artists out there, and uh, there's going to be a lot that we talk about. NFTs, as you all know, have been the talk amongst many out there who are not necessarily within the digital asset crypto kind of community already. Uh, people have been seeing the world explode over the last year uh, because of artists like people, um, as many know, who have been around this world, that NFTs have actually been around for about four years uh, before that. So it's been around 2016 and 17. So there has been something that has been building for years. And it seems that 2021 has been a time where a lot of that kind of growth and a lot of that energy has really kind of come to fruition. And so if you could, um, what we'd like to do on the show uh, is, as you know, kind of go back and kind of roll the tape back. What did you do before you got into this world of NFTs? I know you are self-taught. would love to hear how that happened. Um, and obviously you had some work before you did stuff within art. So give us a little bit of a playback on what you did before. Uh, and then we're going to talk about everything that you've been doing lately. And just so you people know, you know, obviously your work has been featured in Christie's and Sotheby's, just yeah. places that people, you know, people that might know who are listening might know what those two places are, for instance. So talk to us about what you did before, and then we're going to talk about what you're doing now. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was uh, pretty much, it depends on where you want to go back, but uh, just before NFTs, I was um, like a digital artist doing commercial work for uh, music videos, commercial, uh, so many stuff, honestly. Uh, and yeah, pretty much, yeah, pre- pretty much like doing, uh, all, 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 everything that, that a digital artist could have, could work on basically. Got it. And so when we talk about you being self-taught, how does that yeah. work? What does that mean? Uh, yeah. So I started to learn, I think in 2016 to 2017, um, when I arrived in, in, in Montreal, actually, I applied to uh, Cégep du Vieux-Montréal, which is a like a, a, a school there to... Uh, I wanted to learn 3D animation. Uh, but the issue was that um, I had to quit school when I was really early uh, because I was very, I was very bad at school. Uh, I think s- since grade one uh, in high school, they put me in like difficulty class uh it was like really challenging for me to to be at school so at, at at 16 17 years old i started to quit school by myself uh i tried to finish it in 2017 i don't like i i don't have like my my grade 3 of high school which in i don't know how it works in in united states exactly but 
it's I have very low uh, uh, school education uh, background, unfortunately. Right. But yeah, so when I moved to Montreal, I, I applied to uh, the Cégep du Montréal, and they didn't let me in because I I wasn't a good student for them. Uh, so I told myself I was like I I I won't let this affect my future. So so I decided to learn by myself a little bit and everything, and it was very challenging. So I decided to quit. I started to work in a restaurant for years, maybe 10 years. Uh, and this we're talking uh, probably f- I was 20 years old and I'm 30. So like, yeah, so 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I started to work in a restaurant. I, I totally forgot the idea of, of this dream that I had to learn digital art and stuff like this. Uh, and maybe five years ago, six years ago, I... I had like a bike accident. I couldn't work as much as I as I could and everything. And uh, so I decided to learn something new because I needed to uh, put, put my, my brain to activity, basically. Mm-hmm. So I remember that I wanted to do 3D art. Uh, so I picked up like a, my shitty computer. My I had like a, a, a very old MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. And I decided to, I started to learn basically. So I created like a, I, just, I was just like literally every day trying to create something and just like try to learn. And after a few months, I started to have jobs and I started to take less uh, restaurant work to do full-time uh, commercial work. And yeah, after maybe like seven months, I was full-time doing 3D art, which was pretty crazy. Right. Well, as we know throughout history, you know, there have been obviously geniuses that have not done very well at school einstein obviously comes to mind i don't think he did very well in in traditional school and obviously probably one of the smartest people in the world um and then you have people obviously that have been significant huge tech founders uh that did not do very well in school Um, and so this is not an uncommon uh trait uh amongst those that have been able to be you know highly creative and have gotten to the point where they have gotten to in their career so mm-hmm. obviously very interesting to hear that background and love the the kind of the progression that you've made thus far. And so let's talk about today. So yep. again, as I alluded to, you are acknowledged as one of the more influential NFT artists out there today. And you have Thank worked you. with some pretty significant clients. So can you talk yep. to us a little bit about some of those? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, like I... Through the old the old years like of commercial work, I was doing uh, all sort of uh, different commercial work. Uh, I've worked with uh, all the pretty much all the biggest uh, music artists to biggest brands like Dior, uh, Swarovski, Lil Nas X. I can I can name a bunch. I work with Supreme New York, uh, but yeah, like. Um, everything happened like pretty randomly like people were just like dming DMing me on on instagram basically and they were like hey i love your work would you be down to do like the next commercial for this project and i was like yeah sure okay (laughs) it was pretty like it was pretty chill the way everything like i did i i i I worked i worked with a studio uh which i won't say the name uh because i i had really bad experience working with that studio that was like the first the first time I quit my restaurant job, I started to work with a studio and I really hated it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were pretty much making me feel like shit and like my work was shit and stuff like this. So mm-hmm. I didn't really like it. 
so after that, when I quit, I was like, okay, I'll just do like freelance and I'll do whatever I want. And I'll, I'll build myself like a personal, which is fuck render. And I'll build myself like this career instead of having to work for people and stuff like this. Right. Um, so yeah, I just decided to go full on by myself and just be like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And I'll try to find work that way. Right. Uh, but I'm grateful enough that I never really had to like look for work because it was always like, because I had like a pretty good following on Instagram and I was really active in, in that community. I had like right. pretty, pretty good gigs and pretty good jobs because of, of this. So I'm curious, and I'm sure people who are listening are curious when say like LeBron James reaches out to you, either him personally or his hand, his people, when they reach out to you, what is their knowledge of NFTs today? And what are they looking for you to do and help them with? Yeah. So LeBron James, we're talking about like six, six, seven years ago, which was, wasn't, wasn't about NFTs. Uh, it was just like a, like a commercial work because he had like this project called side hustle. Uh, and we did like, uh, we did like the, the, how do you say that? Like the, 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 the trailer, not, not, yeah, kind of like the trailer that, that starts at, at the, at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time, honestly, like, especially since NFTs, like a lot of celebrities has been reaching out to me, like huge, really, really huge name. And I like, they, they, they have no ideas and they just want to get in for, for the money. So I'm like, so that's why, like, I, I, I don't do collaboration with artists anymore much, uh, because I don't feel it's genuine, uh, most of the time. Some, some, some of them are for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you can see it like from, from miles when you, when people just want to get in just for the quick cash. Right. Uh, which always turned out to be not a quick cash grab because people see it from the start. So they don't make money, which is good. Right. So your, you know, work was featured, as I said, in Christie's and Sotheby's. And I thought it was also yeah. interesting because I know you also had some prior prior work with Christian Dior. And and I saw recently, I believe Dolce and Gabbana had the invisible suit sell for one million dollars. Um, can yeah. you tell us, can you give the listeners an understanding of or in your opinion why is this happening now? What is the drive? What is the causation, if you will, to yeah. create um, all of this kind of, I, I wouldn't say mania, but obviously, you know, you know, th- to think that, you know, as I said, like the invisible suit selling for a million dollars, you know, why are these things happening now in your opinion? Because you've been seeing this now for a few years. You've been, you know, so have I, I've obviously been in this world for about five or six years now. Why do you think it's happening now? Um, I think it's pretty clear that COVID really, uh, accelerated the whole thing because like, even to me, like, I, like, and then like, uh, pretty much the end of like, uh, I don't know, uh, end of the, the, the winter, I was like, I haven't seen my brother for, for a few years. And I was just like, I like, I really missed him and everything. And so I was like, okay, let's, let's just go like on crypto voxel and like, just, let's just go chill there. And like, I'll, like, I'll see you, I'll show you like all the galleries that featured my art and stuff like this in this metaverse. And we just started to like buy some stuff, like buy some virtual clothing and virtual hats just for fun and just be like, like, this is it now. Like it's, it's, if I want to hang out with my brother at this moment with COVID, that's how you do it. Um, so 
so uh, to me this was like the first thing that was like okay like these metaverse and like these virtual space are going to be so huge because because of covid i made so many friends that are not close to me that are in south africa that is that are in uh, berlin or london or whatever and if i want to hang out with them it's mostly on twitter or like the central and crypto voxel and, uh, and these these sorts of of uh of places so i think and as a nature of the human being like humans wants to flex all the time so of course if you you buy like that one million dollar dolce cavana and you can wear it in crypto voxel or the central and or anywhere like it's a flex so it, it, for sure there's more people that's gonna see it virtually that if you wear it uh physically because mm-hmm. if you wear it physically you'll go to grocery store and stuff like this and people won't know this but right. everything is so digital everything is so virtual right now that there is more people to see your flex m- m- mainly and i'm pretty sure that's a big driver of uh, like an empty space for sure like people love to flex right and i know this is a terminology that we all use we use things in this world like flexing like we all say GM or, you know, good morning mm-hmm. to each other. And, and, you know, there are certain things that we say as a culture within this world that many are starting to pick up and they're, you know, slowly starting to understand. Flexing, as you're alluding to, just so people understand, is not new. If, you know, no. in the 80s and 90s, if you were driving, you know, like a brand new Porsche with the top down, you were flexing. You know, exactly. there, there have been flexes all through history. And so this is just a new digital flex. Um, exactly yeah and so totally. nothing new about this and so it's part of our society yeah, um exactly what's new i feel it's like there's more highs though to see your place like if you're on twitter and you have like a thousand like a hundred thousand followers there's a hundred thousand followers that can see your wallet that can see what you're you're buying what you're holding and stuff like this so i don't know like it's 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 pretty crazy like i'll reach the, the reach you can have with nfts and stuff like this and like just twitter in general yeah and so i want to talk more about the fuck metaverse and so this is something that you're working on and there are something yeah. called crystals so talk to us about this yeah so fuck metaverse is an experience that i created um i think it was in january uh yeah in january so i created this virtual space uh where people could see my nfts because when I started selling NFTs, I was like, okay, this needs to be something more than just like a, like a, a, an image on a super rare page or something. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a 3D artist. I've been doing 3D for a while. I've never used Unreal Engine and I had never used any game engine before. So I was like, okay, I'm going to learn this to create something for my collectors to be able to see my art in a way that no one has ever done before. Um, so I started this, this project. It went, pretty crazy like the two we we did two nifty gateway drops sold out in a matter of like second to minute uh and yeah i just i just started to put more money in in the fucker universe we're actually uh rebranding it uh for something more inclusive and less generic because i feel like six seven months ago like fucker universe with the verse was 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 fine but now i feel like because probably because of this and other projects like I don't think using verse in, in your name is, is relevant anymore. I think it's, it's kind of tacky. So we're changing the name, uh, that is coming out soon. 
uh, for something more inclusive for people. Also, like we want artists to come uh, feature their work there. So I don't want them to be to feel it like any sort of shadow, uh, like, oh, I'm releasing on Fuck Render's platform or something like this. Because to me, I would I, I wouldn't personally love to drop on, I don't know, so, someone else's first name, basically. Right. And so I think just in terms of, you know, kind of further, I just want to dive a little more deep into kind of the world that is NFTs right now. And so you're seeing, obviously, you know, as I said, you know, we talked about the Dolce & Gabbana thing, but we also have yeah. seen that there is this idea um again we were talking about a little bit with the invisible suit but there's this idea out there um where if you buy or yeah if you buy an nft um and say that nft is a pair of sneakers that you would wear in you know the sandbox or in crypto voxels or whatever it may be in whatever game that you're using that it could also you know maybe it's a pair of adidas or a pair of nikes uh, mm-hmm. that are actually represented as nfts and then all of a sudden you have this connection to actually buying a physical pair of you know adidas or nft or nike yeah. whatever it may be and so do you think this connection between the meta and the kind of the physical is going to continue on is that going to be a, a trend that we see going forward i'm i'm pretty sure like you're, i mean we're starting to see it like a lot of, of big companies are like the, the amount of dms that we receive like uh, as artists like we like a lot of big brands are reaching out and they're like oh we're building this nft division like do you, would you like to be either consultant or help with 3D stuff and stuff like this? And it's pretty wild seeing this happening right now because like, it's like, it's coming. Like it's really coming. Like there's a lot of people from big brands that are reaching out to create something. Right. And so as we, you know, kind of wrap up, you know, it's a great conversation. I love hearing about all the things that you've been doing. And again, you know, coming from where you came from to where you have arrived today, where you have, you know, some of the largest brands in the world that are, you know, calling you guys every single day to implement or try to understand their NFT strategy is just amazing to hear. Um, you know, where, you know, for people that are listening, again, the people who are listening right now probably, you know, are very large, you know, wealthy family, family offices, other large kind of in- investors that are trying to learn about this world of NFTs. Mm-hmm. And again, when people sold his piece, you know, and that kind of was a linchpin moment. People said, "Holy crap, this is <laughs> that, that that's a lot of money." Um, yeah, and so I don't, I don't think it was good though. I, I think it, it created a, a fake sense of what's possible, which is right. I don't know. We can talk. We can we can talk a lot about this, but yeah, I die. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like I'm like I I I love people and everything and it's not it's not against them at all but I just feel like especially it it probably it played a lot with um, other artists' mental ill because they were like oh this is possible and everything and they were selling for they were not even selling and a lot of people got into these very dark places where they thought like NFT could change their shitty situation mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like this extremely huge shell which was a weird sell to me honestly but i i think it's it was it was great and bad for the for the community i think it it put a lot of eyes into the nft space which is Mm -hmm. absolutely what we want Mm -hmm. uh but i think it also created a a, a kind of a fake sense of i don't know i it's it's weird to explain like i 
I think I know. What, I think I know what you're saying. You, I think the expectation should not exactly. be that you're. You know, exactly. if you if you are an artist who's listening to this, and obviously I'm sure there are some that are listening to this. If you're an artist, you should not immediately think that your NFT is going to sell for sixty some odd million dollars in Ethereum. Um, but I think what's interesting though is that we are seeing the proliferation of the ability for those that are creatives like yourself yeah. with OpenSea, with Rarible, with Mintable, with other different apparatuses out there now where one could potentially have a very robust side hustle. They may have... Oh, yeah. Like, very, a- very good. Like, and, and, and I'm not even just speaking for myself. I'm speaking for so many artists that I know that they quit their commercial work. They are they are now full time NFT artists. But I, there's still a difference between like making good amount of money and expecting uh, like millions and millions of dollars for your work. Uh, and I think every artist that, that are joining the space just for the money, they're going to be disappointed because the money just should be, should just be the, the the bonus because what we're creating right now is so special and we we have the the chance to be part of something so huge. And that's some, about something that's going to be so huge. Yep. But yeah. So to wrap up, where can people find out more about your work, about what you're building with your metaverse? Where can people find out more and possibly get involved? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm mainly active on Twitter. Uh, I have like this Discord too called Fuck Renderverse, uh, which probably going to change name very soon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it, Twitter is the best place. Uh, it, it's where I'm, I spend my, all my days <laughs> mostly. Uh, not, not anymore very active on Instagram. I used to be more, but, uh, I think, I think Twitter is just where everything is happening, basically. That's right. Well, this was an amazing conversation. As I said again, if you're not familiar with Fuck Render, go and you know check out some of the work. You will not be disappointed. Uh, some excellent stuff. And again, learning about your how you came to this is inspiring. You know, people out there who are listening who are trying to think about how they want to potentially change their life, their career, really kind of chase after something. Hopefully that's an inspiration to them. And I appreciate you coming on the show and, you know, we'll hopefully have you on again in in a few months. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets.